Welcome to Zikru Daf Simani Member by Ram Goldari and Tirim Masechus Baba Kama Daf Mem Base. The fourth parak Shor Shenagach. The fourth parak has been generously sponsored with Zeichon Nishmas Rosh Hadvor Bas Aron Akon Al Hashem. May your neshama have an aliyah. So the three tops we're going to focus on. Number one, Rabbi Yosi Galui Darshan's Balashor Naki to teach Naki Midmei Vrados. He is absolved from paying for offspring lost when his ox attacked a pregnant woman. Rabbi Kivar said this law is already known from the Pasuk of Mevrados, Ki Yenatsu Anashim, if men shall fight, which implies Anashim Veloshvarim, men and not oxen. The Gemara seeks an answer to this challenge, and eventually Abai and Rabbi answered that if not for Rabbi Yossi's drusha, the word Anashim could have been darshan as follows, Anashim ein asum bi'isha yanshu, regarding men, when there's no death of the woman, they are punished by paying for the lost fetus, yesh asum bi'isha lo yanshu, but if there is a death of the woman, they are not punished monetarily, because killing her incurs the death penalty, which exempts all monetary payments, because of kamlei bid rabimineh. But not regarding oxen, where even if there is a death, its owner is still punished monetarily by paying for the lost fetus. Therefore, Rabbi Yossi's drusha is necessary to teach that he does not pay. Rabbi Bar Ava disagrees with the Bayan Rav about the laws of Kamali by the Rabbimine and adjusts their explanation accordingly. Point number two, and another Bryce of Rabbi Kiva Darshan's Balashor Naki to teach Naki Midme Evet. He is absolved from payment of 30 shkalim for his oxes killing a slave. The Gemara said Rabbi Kiva should ask himself the same challenge he posed to Rabbi Yezer regarding Chatsi Kofra on Daf Mem Alafama base, that since a tum only pays from its body, the slave's owner cannot collect payment since this ox is killed and Aser Bahana. After two answers are rejected, Rabbi answers that without the Pasuk, one would think, Since I'm more machmir regarding a killed slave than regarding a killed free man, in that cover for a free man worth a sella would be a mere sella, whereas payment for a killed slave is invariably 30 shkalim, so one would think that even a tum pays these 30 shkalim ma'aliyah from his choice property and not from the ox. Therefore, a Pasuk is needed to absolve the owner from paying. A price is brought in support of Rabbi's explanation. And point number three was taught in the brace of the Pasuk says, Vehemis ish o isha, and it killed a man or woman, indicating a comparison between the two. Rabbi Kiva explains that since we already know from elsewhere that Kofor is paid for killing a woman, the Pasuk is teaching Ma ish nezakah just as regarding a man. His damage payments are given to his heirs if he dies before they're paid. Af isha nezakah so too regarding a woman, her damage payments are given to her heirs, not her husband. The Gemara objects that Rabbi Kiva holds a husband does inherit his wife, so why would he not inherit her damages as well? Rachel Kish explained that Rabbi Kiva referred specifically to Kofor, which is only paid after her death. Therefore, it's Roy, a mere potential asset. And the husband does not take an inheritance the potential assets of his wife's estate as he does from her possessed assets. The Gemara provides the source that Kofor is not paid until actual death and not as soon as the victim is assessed that he'll die. So once again, the three points are number one, Rabbi Yossi Agulili Darshan's Baal Naki to teach Naki Midvei Vrados. He's absolved from paying for offspring loss when his ox attacked a pregnant woman. Rabbi Kivar said this law is already known from the Pasuk of Mevrados, Ki Yenatsu Anashim, if men shall fight, which implies Anashim Veloshvarim, men and not oxen. The Gemara seeks an answer to this challenge, and eventually Abai and Rabbi answered that if not for Rabbi Yossi's drusha, the word Anashim could have been darshan as follows, Anashim ein asum bi'isha yanshu, regarding men, 
When there's no death of the woman, they are punished by paying for the lost fetus. But if there is a death of the woman, they are not punished monetarily because killing her incurs the death penalty, which exempts all monetary payments because of but not regarding oxen, where even if there is a death, its owner is still punished monetarily by paying for the lost fetus. Therefore, Rabbi Yossi's drusha is necessary to teach that he does not pay. Rabbi Bar Ava disagrees with the Bai and Rabbah about the laws of Kamali by the Rabbimine and adjusts their explanation accordingly. Point number two, and another Bryce Rabbi Kiva Darshan's Balashor Naki to teach Naki Midme Evit. He is absolved from payment of 30 Shkalim for his oxes killing a slave. The Gemara said Rabbi Kiva should ask himself the same challenge he posed to Rabbi Yezer regarding Chatsi Kofra on Daf Mem Alafama base, that since a tum only pays from its body, the slave's owner cannot collect payment since this ox is killed and Asr Bahana. After two answers are rejected, Rabbi answers that without the Pasuk, one would think, Since I'm more machmir regarding a killed slave than regarding a killed free man, in that cover for a free man worth a sella would be a mere sella, whereas payment for a killed slave is invariably 30 shkalim, so one would think that even a tum pays these 30 shkalim ma'aliyah from his choice property and not from the ox. Therefore, a Pasuk is needed to absolve the owner from paying. A price is brought in support of Rabbi's explanation. And point number three was taught in the brace of the Pusik says, Vehemis ish o isha, and it killed a man or a woman, indicating a comparison between the two. Rabbi Kiva explains that since we already know from elsewhere that Kofor is paid for killing a woman, the Pusik is teaching, Ma ish nizakabli yorshav, just as regarding a man, his damage payments are given to his heirs if he dies before they're paid, af isha nizakela yorshav, so too regarding a woman, her damage payments are given to her heirs, not her husband. The Gemara objects that Rebekiba holds a husband does inherit his wife, so why would he not inherit her damages as well? Rachel Akish explained that Rebekiba referred specifically to Kofer, which is only paid after her death. Therefore, it's Roy, a mere potential asset. And the husband does not take an inheritance the potential assets of his wife's estate as he does from her possessed assets. The Gemara provides the source that Kofer is not paid until actual death, and not as soon as the victim is assessed that he'll die. All right, so now we go to Simonov Membase, and our standard Simon is a mobster. A mobster. So here goes. When the ox running away from the mobsters who are trying to steal it charge into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus and into a slave, the owner was put on the fetus and the slave and paid cover for the woman to her yorshim. Not her husband. Once again, slow motion. When the ox running away from the mobsters, mobsters, that must be more enough. Membeis. When the ox running away from the mobsters who were trying to steal a charge into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, which reminds us of Yosei Darshan's Balashur Naki to teach Naki Midme Vlados, he's absolved from paying for offspring loss when his ox attacked a pregnant woman. So when the ox running away from the mobsters who were trying to steal it charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, and into a slave, which reminds us, in another Bryce, where Bikiba Darshan's Balashor Naki to teach Naki Midme Evit, he's absolved from payment of 30 Shkalim for his oxes killing a slave. So when the ox running away from the mobsters who are trying to steal it, charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, and into a slave, the owner was put on the fetus and the slave, and paid cover for the woman to her yorshim. Not her husband. Which reminds us, in a it was taught, the Pusik says, Vehemis ish o isha, and it killed a man or woman, indicating a comparison between the two. Bikiba explains that since we already know from elsewhere that Kofor is paid for killing a woman, the Pusik is teaching Ma'ish Nazakabli Yorshav, just as regarding a man, his damage payments are given to his heirs if he dies before they're paid, Av Isha Nazakabli Yorshav, so too regarding a woman, her damage payments are given to her heirs, not her husband. So once again,
When the ox running away from the mobsters who were trying to steal it charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, and into a slave, the owner was put there on the fetus and the slave, and paid Kofor for the woman to her Yorshim, not her husband. All right, so now it's time for four blabak Chazara. Daf Lamed Ches. So the simmer Daf Lamed Ches is a double lock, a liquid, and we often use chicken soup. So here goes. The non-Jew being covered with a bowl of chicken soup. Chicken soup, that must be more on Daf Lamed Ches. The non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning he would have to pay full damages for his short time goring a Jew's ox, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that if a Jew's ox gores a Gentile's ox, he's putted, but in the reverse case, the Gentile pays full damages even for a tum. The Gemara asks that if Re'ehu excludes a Gentile from receiving damages from a Jew, he should also exempt him from paying damages to a Jew, and if he's not excluded, then the Jew should also have to pay his damages. Rabbi Avo answered based on a Pasuk that the Kush Baruch Hu saw that the Sheva Mitzvahs, which B'nai Noach accepted upon themselves, since they did not keep them, Amad Vehitim Ammon in Yisrael, he arose and released their money to Yisrael. So the non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for his shore, Goring a Jew's ox sat at the She'ena Matsuva Va'osa table while the Jew sat at the Matsuva Va'osa table, which reminds us, Rabbi Chinina said, Greater is the one who acts to fulfill Allah who is commanded to do so, the one who acts but was not commanded to do so. So the non Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for a short time, goring a Jew's ox, sat at the She'ena Matsuva Va'osa table while the Jew sat at the Matsuva Va'osa table and were being served by two daughters of a man who slept in a cave, which reminds us of Yochanan said, in a Baruch who does not withhold reward from any creature, not even reward for fine speech. For regarding Lot's older daughter who named her child from him, Moav, from father, Baruch told Moshe, do not incite war against Moab, implying that although they could not wage war against them, they could enact levies against them. But regarding Lot's younger daughter, who used the less explicit term, Ben Ami, son of my people, Baruch said, Klal, do not incite against them at all. Meaning that even levies may not be enacted against them. So the simmer of is a letter and we often use a mailman in the simmon. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be more in Daf Lamates, letter. The mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox, which reminds the more discusses if damages of an incompetent person's muad are collected from him or his apitropus. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain a muad, which reminds us in a brace about an owner who became incompetent or traveled abroad. Sumko said, It remains in its tum state, until they testify about it before the owners. But the Chamis say we appoint an apitropus and accept testimony about the oxen in his presence. If the owner returns to competency, Sumka says, Chazot Musa, it returns to its tam state. But Yossi says, Chazkaso, it remains in its current muad state. Since Simcha is made clear in the second case that the ox did become a muad, the Gemara reinterprets the statement in the first case, Musa. It remains in its entirety, meaning we do not reduce his ownership of it by collecting half damages from its body. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain Amuad was notified that because he only did a shmir b'chusa, he was chayv chasin nezek, because of 
Tzad Tammuz Bimkoma Omedes, which reminds us, in a Bryce, Rabbi Yaakov said that the ox of an incompetent person pays half damages. Rav explains the case is Amud, which he guarded with a Shmir Bechusa, an inferior guarding. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yudu holds on Daf Mem Hey, Tzad Tammuz Bimkoma Omedes, the Tam portion of Amud remains in its place, such that half of the full payment retains the halachas of Tam. He further holds like Rabbi Yudu there, that although an inferior guarding does not exempt a Tam from half damages, it does exempt Amud from full damages. Daf Mem. So the Simon Daf Mem relates to Mayim water and we use a pool. So here goes. The Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool. Pool. That must be on Daf Mem. Mayim. The Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool. Splashing and singing. They're not Chayv and Kofer. Which reminds us, a Bryce teaches where an Apotropos was appointed over orphans oxen. Kofer is not paid for a mood killing someone. This time it holds Kufa Kapara. Kofer payment is an atonement. And orphans who are minors need no atonement. The Gemara brings Malchogos regarding whose value is paid in Kofer. The value of the Nizak or the Mazik. So the Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer, was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tum, discovered the shore was a muet, indicating Rishus Enemashana, which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa, Shal Becheska's tum, if one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tum, the Nimsa muet, and it was found to be a muet, the owner pays half damages and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tum, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower. The Gemara clarifies the cases where the borrower discerned initially the animal's violent nature. So the Apotropos watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer, was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tom discover the shore was a muad, indicating Rishus Enamashana, while another ox the lifeguard bored that became a muad in his Rishus reverted to becoming a tom. When returned to the owner, which reminds us, in the brights I just mentioned, the animal remained a muad when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds Rishus Enamashana. The change in Rishus does not change the ox's status. The Gemara asks that the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If it became muad in the borrower's house and he returned to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. This proves the animal reverts to tum status when it changes to the owner's Rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the prices are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Two more answers are brought. Daf Mem Alf. So the similar Daf Mem Alf is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma, grandma, that must mean one Daf Mem Alf, ma. The grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that her killer short Tom became a muad after the three people had injured all died. After the third goring, which reminds us, the more discusses how an ox can become a muad to kill people before being stoned. Since the Tom is killed, how can it become a muad to kill people? Seven answers are offered and four remain, one being where mortally injured three people who died after the third goring, rendering the ox a muad then and obligating its owner in Kofar. So the grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that a killer short Tom became a muad after the three people had injured all died, after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely Asr which reminds us of Bryce to discuss the laws of a Shohan Niskal, a condemned ox. Since it's stoned to death, it's obvious that it cannot be eaten, so why does the Torah need to write, its flesh shall not be eaten? It teaches, if he shakted it after its sentence was finalized, but before it was stoned, it's forbidden in consumption. We learn from Baal Shor Naki that the Shor is also Asr, so the grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that her killer short tum became a muad after the three people had injured all died, after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely got some good news that she didn't have to pay chatzikofer when another short tum of hers intended to kill an animal, and inadvertently 
killed a Jew, which reminds us, in a bright was taught, the Pasik says, Ubal Shor Naki, and the ox's owner is absolved from payment, which Rebeliezer explains, Naki Mechazi Kofer, the owner of a tam is absolved from paying half Kofer. Rebeliezer gave different explanations of the case, one being where the ox intended to kill an animal or Gentile, and it inadvertently killed a Jew, for which it's not killed, but would pay Kofer. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we learn how an ox can become a mood to kill people before being stoned when even a tom is stoned if it kills someone? That's on Duff. Mem off. Good number two, which stuff do we have the case of a shore that is mood to knock down alternating animals? That's on Duff. Ahmed Zayn. Good number three, which stuff do you discuss with the dinners in a case where one thought he was borrowing a tom, but in fact it was a mood? That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number four. Which of the when the Rabbi Kiva Darshan's Baal Shor Naki to teach Naki Midmei Evet? He's absolved from payment of 30 shkalim for his ox killing a slave. That's on Duff. Membez. Good number five. Which of the when a non Jew whose short tum damages a Jew's ox has to pay, whereas a Jew's ox that damages a non Jew's ox does not have to pay? That's on Duff. Ahmed Ches. Good number six. Which of the when a woman's kofar is given to her heirs? That's on Duff. Membeis. Good number seven. Which of the one all Kesef mentioned the Torah is Kesef Tzuri, and any Kesef taught by the rabbis is Kesef Medina. That's on Dav. Good number eight. Which of the one that Yasomim are not Chayv and Kofer? And the Gemara brings the Malchuk is how Kofer is evaluated according to the value of the Nizak or the Mazik. That's on Dav. Ma'am. Good number nine. Which of the Nebuchadnezzar says we learn from the Pasuk of Baal Shonaki that the owner of a Tam is Patim from paying Chasinezik. That's on Dav. Mamov. Good. Number 10. Which of the when a woman's kofar is given to her heirs? That's on Dove. Membase. Excellent. That comes today's share. This is Rabbi Ram Goldhart from Zikhu wishing you a great day and great learning.